I'm Greg Harton, editorial page editor for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and this is Speaking of Arkansas. With me today from our staff is our editor, Rusty Turner. Welcome, Rusty. Thank you, Greg. Uh, it will come as no surprise that Benton County leaders constantly deal with both the opportunities and the challenges related to growth. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 221,000 people lived in Benton County in 2010. Its latest estimate in 2018 put that count at 266,000, a growth of about 45,000 people, or 20%. In other words, within the last eight years, that's like adding another Bentonville to Benton County. One growth-related challenge for county leaders is how to operate a court system that can handle more cases and a growing number of judges. That's what we're here to talk about today. We have two guests. Benton County Judge Barry Mooring just completed his first two years in office and last November was elected to a second term which will last four years. He formerly served as a member of the Quorum Court. Welcome Judge Mooring. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks Greg and Rusty. Also Susan Anglin of Bentonville is one of 15 justices of the peace who make up the Quorum Court. She has served in that office since 2012. Welcome to you Miss Anglin. Thank you very much. Years before Judge Mooring took office, Benton County leaders began discussing its court system. And I think that was many, many years. <laughs> years and years. Um, the fundamental question is how can a fast-growing county address the space crunch and security issues related to a judicial system? So why are we here? Benton County voters will be asked March 12th to provide funding for a new courts facility in downtown Bentonville. We wanted to explore that. Now, Judge, I think the last time that Benton County built, actually built a building specifically for courts was about 1928. <laughs> that's, you know, it's, that's exactly right. Um, so we have five circuit court judges in downtown Bentonville, and we have one out at our uh, juvenile justice center, which is uh, out by our road department. We have those five judges, uh, four of which are in rooms that weren't designed to be courtrooms, and one of which, Judge Green, is in the actual courtroom in the historic courthouse that did uh, open up in 1928, 90 years ago now. And, and these judges, um, and let me clarify one point, you're the county judge, you're not, you don't hear cases and things like that, you hear, uh, or, or you, you administer the county. Yeah, it actually is, it's, it's one of those unique titles to Arkansas. I am the county judge, I'm probably better labeled like the county administrator or county chief executive. Right. And that's correct. I, I don't hold court. I don't wear a black robe. Uh, I can't help you with a parking ticket. I can't help you with any of that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so we're so really talking about the circuit court judiciary. Yeah. Which so are, these are the judges yeah. that actually people would see on Law and & Order and those sorts Absolutely. of things that, that are in a courtroom uh, adjudicating criminal cases and civil cases. Yeah, real-life cases. And we're talking uh, when you hear about some of the most heinous crimes in the county, those cases come before our circuit court judges. Or when you have a civil dispute... Uh, that reaches a certain level that comes before our circuit court judges. Um, typically, when you're called for jury trial, not all the time, but a lot of times you're going to the circuit court in downtown Bentonville. And so, yeah, the, the circuit court really is is kind of the, the, the backbone of our judicial system. It sits in between the appeals court and the and the city district courts. We're gonna, going to get into uh, kind of the need and then the solution. But tell us just a little bit about this upcoming election, kind of set the stage for us uh, as to 
why this discussion is going to be going on really in earnest over the next month, month and a half. Sure. So in, in one way to look at it is it's taken us about 20 years <clears throat> to get to the point where we are going to have an election on March 12th. And really what voters are going to get the chance to decide is whether or not to approve a one eighth cent sales tax, which is the very lowest increment you can go. That's about 12.5 cents on $100 of spend to build a new building for our circuit courts. And what that new building will do, it'll put all of our downtown judges under one roof, provide for expansion so that there could be up to three more judges, uh, one secure entry and exit, modern courtrooms, space for the public, uh, and what what it will also allow us to do is to continue to use the buildings we have downtown as part of the courts system, but just not to hold court. We'll have the prosecutor's office down there, we'll have the defender's office down there, and so by building the new building, we'll also be able to continue to use uh, our existing buildings. Okay, Ms. Anglin, uh, as this kind of came through the quorum court, what were the issues that you felt like were, were critical for you in terms of reaching the election? Um, uh, like I say, we'll talk about the need and the solution uh, uh, here in just a moment, but as you uh, thought about the election and, and, and what to present to voters, what what was that discussion like? Well, the need was brought to us by the circuit judges. They, uh, they were very uh, serious that this is something that has to happen because of the growth and because of the security issues and because of the growth of the county and the number of cases. And they made it very plain that we had put this off for many years. In fact, I know uh, a past JP that was on the court in the 70s when they were deciding on how to come up with the jail, um, he said they were presented with trying to figure out how do we do this, and they were split. They never could decide, so the jail won out because they built the jail. But he said the other day that the, he quoted a price of $12 million to build that facility back then. Today we're looking at the 35, 30 to $35 million. And in our study of the need, <clears throat> if we keep putting this off, it's just going to get more costly. And we really, the need is what really has sold me from the very beginning. And I did go down to the court facility and observe the court. The halls are full. The people are standing outside in the weather conditions when there's court days and there's many people. There's just not space. And much of the space is not designed for real court function. So I, the need is there. We can, we can disagree on every other issue about the facility or the space or the place, but the need, and that's the selling point to me. The, um, this ha debate has been going on for a, a good long while. Why, why do you think in Benton County that it, is, it has been an issue that really has just lingered? You know, it's interesting. Um, if you go back to when the jail was expanded, there were there were two votes that year. <clears throat> the first vote that was turned down two to one was a vote to expand the jail and move the courts out of downtown Bentonville out to 102, and that failed two to one. Then there was a vote several months later uh, that left the courts in downtown Bentonville the way they are now uh, and expanded the jail, and that passed two to one. Um, this has been a, a tough issue since then. And you also have a lot of constituencies involved. You've got judges involved, you've got the quorum court involved, you've got the public involved, you've got the sheriff. I mean, you know, what we've really worked on the last couple of years is really to try to bring a collaborative solution. And, and I think if you go back and look at it over time, it's just been a lot easier, I think, to say no and to say I don't support that 
I think it's actually been a lot more challenging to bring forward a solution that at least enough people, a coalition of the willing, do support to get it on the ballot. But even still, this is a contentious issue. It's going to be a challenge to get it passed. Has it ever reached the point prior to this year where there has been a formal proposal like this put before the public? Not since the 90s. I'm, not that uh, I'm aware of. No. Okay. Yeah, it's been, this is, and it's, it's been, uh, it's been a, a very challenging process to get it to where it is today. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say, Greg and Rusty, that the, the building that we're putting before the public <clears throat> is one born of compromise and collaboration. So there are a lot of pressures to keep the building as small and as efficient and as least costly as possible. And then there are pressures the other side to make sure that the holding space for inmates is adequate and that there's adequate public space and that it's a building that'll last 50 to 100 years and that the courtrooms are large enough. And you know, those two forces a lot of times are opposing forces. And in the room when we've been trying to work with all of the different constituencies to bring that together, those have been some pretty heated meetings sometimes. But now we're landing at a spot where, where all of those constituencies have come together and say, you know what, we think this is the best solution for Benton County, and, and that's why there's this support for it now. Judge, one of the, one of the things I wanted to, uh, to address was the possibility of growth. You know, we, the growth of Northwest Arkansas has been, been explosive over the last uh, 20 years. Uh, it, uh, it, it, it subsided a little bit, but now it seems to be booming again. Um, uh, what are the likelihood that you're going to need some extra space for some circuit judgeships that currently don't exist? Uh, I understand we're, we're we're already talking about another circuit judgeship even before we get the uh, get this building underway. Yeah, so there's a high likelihood, and I'll and I'll preface that by saying that the nice thing about being the Benton County judge, uh, I go to county judge meetings uh, where I have all of the other county judges from the state in in a room gathered, and they would frankly love to have my problems. One of which is dealing with growth and dealing with the great economy. <clears throat> and to your point, Rusty, the uh, administrative office of the courts uh, has put forward a request to the legislature for an additional circuit court judge in Benton County in the 19th West District. We're, we're one of the few circuit court districts where our county and the, and the district are the same thing. There aren't very many of those. So there is a request out there. And if that request is approved by the legislature, I'm not quite sure where that judge would go today. Um, there's a, a very high likelihood that if the, uh, rather if the legislature supports it, that judge could be seated in January 2021. And instead of five judges downtown, we'd have six. And again, we only have one courtroom. We have four rooms that we've turned into courtrooms, and then I'd have to figure out uh, where to put that other judge. I'll also say uh, in the 19th West in Benton County, the case filing trajectory has gone up precipitously. We had 9,200 cases back in 2014. We have almost 12,500 cases in 2018. And perhaps the most telling statistic is just basic population per judge. And in population per judge in Benton County, we have 44,000 residents per circuit court judge. And the next highest is the Washington County, Madison County District that has 35,000 per judge. So we have almost 10,000 people per judge higher than the next highest, which is Washington, Madison. And of course, that's just going up and up. So it is inevitable that we're going to get another circuit court judge or two, and we're going to have to, to deal with that. We're going to have to find a place to put that, that person, that individual. I um, can't remember if we, if we said the tax would last 54 months? Four and a half years. Okay, four and a half years. Um, and tell us just a little bit about uh, the 
decision making about I, I assume you could have gone to a half cent or a full cent and 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 shrunk the amount of time that it took to pay that so uh, help me to understand the logic of the one eighth cent and 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 the longer the four and a half year time period we started by looking at all the different types of financing that would be possible and uh, ruling out different things we talked about revenue bonds um, we talked about the sales tax and the sales tax when you start looking at the cities around our area most of them are already almost up to the 10 percent mark so we were trying to hold down the amount of tax for each entity and the one eight cent tax is what qualified to try to keep it less than 10 percent for any entity and uh, we felt like that was you know to ask less of the voters and to make sure that they understood that this has a an end point it is not a continuing tax after that period of time it will go away and we have many people that are familiar with city bonds that they're always getting asked to renew those bonds that is not the case for this tax when this tax is over it is over because I don't think you would find anyone with the desire to go back to the voters asking for any other tax for the county. Uh, I know I wouldn't. And uh, the sales tax makes sense in that everyone is contributing. You're not just asking property owners. We're also looking at uh, people that come to the area are going to be spending money in our area, and that tax would go. And it is a completely dedicated tax to the county it is not split between cities and counties like we currently have the sales tax can, can i just one quick thing to that um so the quorum court um did a remarkable job on their due diligence here um i don't know how many meetings the finance committee and the quorum court had regarding the financing of this property or of this building rather but it was multiple and it was hours and hours and hours and keep in mind you know benton county is a conservative county that quorum court is made up of all republican uh, representation including you know and I'm Republican as well so this is not taken lightly but if you look at the alternatives the the bonding solution would have taken 25 years and millions and millions of dollars at additional interest and we would have had to cut road and law enforcement services to service that bond there was the one and done idea you know raise a very high tax for a very short period of time but but again it would have taken us over 10 percent in our sales tax in many of our cities there was the idea of a millage, and that, that was for about a millisecond. Nobody thought that a millage was a good idea to fund a courts facility in, uh, in Benton County. And then there was some talk of fines, fees, and forfeitures <clears throat> using, you know, the, the users of the building, if you will. But that's problematic because those are still general fund monies. And there's a portion of those monies that we don't control at Benton County. And then, you know, do you really want the judiciary under pressure to, to increase their fines and fees and forfeiture output to pay for the building? That didn't seem like the right way. So I really, I'm, I'm grateful that this quorum court, despite the, you know, the political difficulty, landed on a one-eighth cent. It, it, it keeps us within five-year time frame, which is Amendment 78 financing, which what that means in a nutshell is we won't pay long-term interest. The building's paid off within five years. Um, one-eighth of a cent is the lowest you can go. You can't go any lower uh, on a sales tax. And, uh, and when the building opens, it'll practically be paid for. It'll be paid for within a couple of years after that. And again, we're hoping this is a building that'll last 50 minimum and up to 100 years. Let me, let me follow up on the financing. So the, the estimate 
estimated cost for the building is between 30 and 35 million. Um, will the sales tax fund the entire amount? Will any money from reserves be added to that to, 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 to reduce the tax burden or the, reduce the, the burden on that one instant, yeah. one instant sales tax? The, the cost of the building is estimated at 30. Uh, and the reason we're saying 35 is because the additional five would be used for renovating uh, the historic courthouse and other buildings so that they could be reused appropriately. And the tax is designed to raise about 25 million of that. Uh, the remainder, the remainder 10 million or so, would come out of county reserve funds and would come from county general, which the quorum court thought was a, was a good compromise. You know that we have some reserve funds, and that would be an appropriate use for them uh, for a building like this. I don't know, if Susan, if you have anything to add to that. No, that we felt like everyone needed skin in the game, and by utilizing some of our reserves, because that's we've tried to save, and every year we set so much money aside from you know what we have in turn back funds. So we felt like this was a, a, good, a good compromise. And it's one of those things that not everybody agrees with every decision that was made, but when it came down to it, we, held, we had enough votes to carry this forward. So. so what is the response to that, to that voter who's taking a look at this and says, you know, I already pay enough taxes. Even $12.5 on $100 of spend is too much more. Um, uh, I, I really, I think you need to find a different way to, to pay for this. So what, what's the response to that, to, well, to that voter? So it's 12 and a half cents, not 12 and a half dollars. I'm sorry, 12 and a half cents. Sorry, uh, because I think 12 I, and a half misspoke. dollars would be outrageous yes. on $100. I, um, I apologize, I misspoke. Yeah, 12 and a half cents yeah, on $100. So, so what I would say to that voter, because that's, that's the key question, is look, one of the primary responsibilities of county government as it relates to infrastructure, there are really two. One is that we have to have a jail. And jail is for public safety, it's for the protection of the public, to house the inmates. The other is to provide for the circuit courts. And, and the circuit courts are a vital backbone of, of really county government. And the hard part is we're talking about a building that most people don't want to go to. It's not a park. It's not a road. You know, it doesn't help with wastewater or with fresh water. So it's a building that people don't want to go to. But here's where it's really important. You may not think it's all that important until you're the one that has to go and you're the one that has to show up for jury duty, or you're the one that has to show up for a court procedure. And if you're waiting outside and it's 14 degrees and it's icing, you're gonna sit here and think, I can't believe that this is the court facility that Benton County has. So fast forward then to this idea of an eighth of a cent. Again, the, the quorum court agonized over this. And the fact is the way cities and counties in particular are set up is we're not set up in a way to be able to write a check for $30 million for a building. You know, we're, that's not the way our finances work. And so that's why there is a procedure to take capital projects to the public and to ask their permission to do this. As a county, we haven't done this for, a, for an infrastructure project since the mid-90s. This is very, very rare for us. And that, that was for the jail. The jail's operating now. That tax was 18 months, and it was a hard sunset, and the jail got built, and the tax went away, and, and now here we are this many years later uh, asking for a courts facility. Um, if we don't have this courts facility, then we'll continue to have three different places for, for security entries. We'll continue to have inmates that are having to be walked around out by, uh, by the square in Bentonville. Um, we'll continue to have the public inconvenience. Um, we'll continue to have parking issues. I mean, so all of the issues that are, that are surrounding this court system today can be solved in a relatively short amount of time uh, for the lowest tax imaginable eighth of a cent. So that's what I'd say. It's the case we have to make, Rusty. I mean, that's exactly the case we have to make to the public. Okay. 
the um, uh, you know I, I have a feeling that there are some voters out there who who would ask this you know we hear you're not going to continue the tax um, you're right cities seem like they are fairly regularly coming back and saying well you're paying it already so what is the level of um, certainty that voters can have that four and a half years from now that 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 just absolutely won't be the case well it's actually written into the ordinance of how many months it can be collected and if it should be paid off early uh, you know it will quit it will stop any excess funds that are created as will be applied to the operation and maintenance of the building until that is gone because we you know we did not build up build in any excess revenue you know in the sales tax you see a continual growth because of our growth but we didn't build that in so we're not sure about the length of time but it's written into the ordinance that this this is an end it will not continue and that's law and we have to abide by the law and that's also the county's history again going back to the jail uh, the quorum court at that time the county judge at that time 18 months and it was done and there was no no talk at all of an extension and counties again this is one of the fundamental differences of counties and cities you know we don't have a sewer system and a water system <clears throat> we don't really have a street system we have county roads but we don't have you know they have different kinds of needs and um, and counties don't and so there's there's not the need for us to extend them. okay let's talk for a moment about the uh, the facility itself yeah. um, uh, you're talking about a, a building on uh, 2nd Street. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, you know, what it will take as far as a structure goes. What are we getting for the money that we're spending? Sure. So I'll back up to, to the, the beginning when I first took office. And we got around the table and talked to the circuit court judges and the sheriff and others. And we had a one sheet of paper that was basically the brief for the building. Uh, the brief basically said we needed room for our current downtown judges, room for expansion. We just needed to be safe and modern and secure. We needed to have room for the public. We needed to have parking. So we had all those elements. <clears throat> and we went out and we hired one of the best uh, consultants in the country and the world, the National Center for State Courts, to help us basically program the building. And then um, in addition to that, we hired a great, great architecture firm in Hyde-Jackson. And what they've come back with is a building that is that is very tight in terms of space. It sounds like a lot. It's 87,000 square feet. That sounds like a big building until you look at courthouses around the country. But here's what's vital about this building. It starts in the basement where there will be a sally port. Uh, vehicles from the sheriff's office will pull into the sally port, and they will unload prisoners down below in the basement. Those prisoners will then go through an intake system, and there will be a capacity for 50 inmates in the basement of the building. We have virtually no secure holding in our facilities today, and a lot of what we do have are makeshift redone closets. Um, once you're in that secure facility, prisoners can only go up or down their own elevator. Uh, they are not ever in public elevators. And in fact, the separation of inmates from the public, from the judiciary, from the judges and their staff, is one of the vital components in contemporary courthouses for security purposes. So there's parking for the judges underneath the building as well, and they have their own elevator, and staff has their own elevator up to the staff parts of the building. And then the public comes in through uh, a new security system that'll have two lanes, plenty of room to queue up, plenty of covered space, plenty of indoor um, space in the lobby 
for the public. <clears throat> and so, so, so the, those are some of the key elements, inmate holding, separation from the judiciary, lots of room for the public. The courtrooms then are on two floors. The second and third floor are identical, and there's three courtrooms on each. And on each floor, there's additional holding for inmates. And so a lot of, uh, of the court procedures, court proceedings can actually happen with inmates in holding rooms where the judge can talk back and forth to them while they are in there. Today, if you go to court, like right now today on a Monday morning, I promise you there are prisoners sitting on the benches right close to civilians as they go through their adjudication this morning. And, and, uh, and it's not particularly safe. It's not particularly secure. I think the sheriff's office and our bailiffs do a tremendous job. Uh, but that's that's not great for the public. It's not great for the inmates, and it certainly isn't great for for the security people. So the second and third floors each have three courtrooms, inmate holding, um, lots of public space. Um, there's uh, client interview rooms that we don't have in existence today. Uh, and then as you go up to the last floor, the fourth floor, that's going to be shelled space. So that's just going to be a big big white walled room that we can then turn into two additional courtrooms. So the building. We'll open with six courtrooms and room for two more courtrooms uh, down the road. So the six would basically house the judges we have right now? Or, would house or the plus one? The five downtown judges okay. and the ability to hold one more. We have a Sixth Circuit Court judge, Judge Smith, and he's our juvenile and drug court judge, and he's out at our Juvenile Justice Center, which is out by the road department. That building was constructed, I think, in 2010 or 11 was finished up. And, and he'll, he'll stay st there. He'll, he'll stay, stay out, out there. there. Yeah, he'll stay out there. And that makes sense just because he's he's there with the people that he's dealing with. Yeah, the and the, the juvenile justice center, det detention center's out there. He has a, a nice, big, modern courtroom out there. I mean, that's about the size of what these courtrooms are going to be is what he has out there. And that facility's working just fine. Um, tell us a little bit. I, I remember there's... And it's been a long time since I've looked at this, but uh, there was an arrangement with Arbest, I think, in terms of parking mm. uh, that would that would help with this. Uh, help me to understand that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so um, so we do have support coming from from various directions. Uh, let's start with the parking. So the downtown parking district is going to build a parking deck in conjunction with this building, and the capacity for that is 400 cars. It'll be free and open to the public. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and during uh, court times, there will be um, roped off or exclusive use for for the courts uh, for the courts needs. Now, having said that, that's a very very rare day that we need 400 spaces. That's only on like jury call days three times a year. So the vast majority of the time, there'll be additional space not just for the court needs but also for the public needs, and that's what the the parking district uh, is providing. Uh, in addition, the land that the building is going on has basically been given to the county through a contribution, a net, net zero transaction from the Walton Foundation. And there has long been a $2 million grant on the table from the Walton Family Foundation to build downtown as well. And so in parking in particular, because parking I hear about all the time, and rightfully so, believe it or not, there's 650 or so spaces in downtown Bentonville until you want to find one. <laughs> <laughs> and then it seems like there's not any. But we're going to add about 60 to 65% additional parking in downtown as a result of adding this building because of that parking deck. Okay. So uh, I was misunderstanding uh, the Arvest connection. It's not Arvest. Uh, I think Arvest is part of the downtown parking district. There's a number of entities okay. um, that are a part of that. I don't know Arvest specifically in there. But, okay. no, there, there's nothing provided specifically by Arvest, no. Okay. And... Uh, 
I know the focus of this is the, is the new courthouse and 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 informing voters about what they're going to be asked to vote on uh, uh, on uh, on March twelfth. But what do you envision happening with the historic courthouse once the if this is approved and the moves made? And um, has there been a resolution on what happens with the uh, uh, with the with the post old post office building? So let's start with the historic courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plan is it remains a part of the judicial campus, Circuit Court's campus, as does the two-story old admin, old jail building uh, behind the historic courthouse. What we'll do at the historic courthouse is we'll move the entire prosecutor's office in there, uh, and there'll probably be some additional office space left. We haven't completely programmed it just yet. The, the, about half the prosecutor's uh, office is in the first floor, and then we'll use the other space for the rest of the prosecutor's office. Judge Green's courtroom, um, her room specifically, we would want to renovate and restore as a public room. I would envision quorum court meetings being held there, planning board meetings, but also it's such a unique room. You could do moot court, mock trial, school meetings, civic clubs. It's the kind of room that we don't have anywhere else in Benton County. And so that room uh, would be, you know, open to the public. I would even love to do it in a way where the front steps down to the square are opened up to the public. And you could come right on up this right on up the steps. The lobby would be renovated in public, and then you could go up to Judge Green's courtroom, whether for whatever meeting is being held there. Um, and then the two-story building behind, that's the old admin building, that's where we'd put the public defender's office. They're currently out on 14th Street, so they would be right downtown as well. Uh, and then your, your last part of your question was about the post office. The way this building is designed, one of the key questions early on is, can you, could you put a building down there and keep the post office? And the answer is yes. So the post office will be retained, and the purpose of that isn't quite determined yet. But what we do know is the post office will remain, uh, and there's a number of different uses that, that have been talked about for that, and, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It's actually been a number of different things. I guess it's a court, it's a courtroom now. Uh, I think it's been the revenue office at one point. It's been lots of different things over the it, years. It's uh, weather station, post office, storage. Yeah. It's, yeah. It does all kinds. It, it slices and dices. It does all kinds yeah. of things. Um. So what are the strongest arguments that you've heard from people uh, against this? You know, there's a strong anti-tax sentiment. Um, I, I think that's the, the strongest argument is I'm just paying too many taxes. I'm paying too much in taxes. I understand that. I get that. I think that. I think a lot of people think that. Uh, I also think, though, that... Um, it was hard to arrive at this conclusion to raise a tax, and that's why I think the Quorum Court did a very good job at, at rate, looking at the most minimal tax you can put out there. Uh, there's money coming in from current county revenues or current county reserves. There's money coming in from from uh, you know third-party contributions. And to Justice Anglin's point a few minutes ago, this building will not again be this least expensive to build. This is only going to go up. If we don't get this passed, we're going to be wrestling with this issue again for how many more years with how many other county judges? I don't know. Um, but the building price is not going to go down. Uh, it, it'll only go up. And, and I do believe that even though this is a building we want to build the last 50 to 100 years, it's a fairly minimalist building as courthouses go. If you look at, at other buildings being built, I mean, I think in Fayetteville, they're, they're talking about a library expansion at over $40 million dollars. Uh, you know, we're talking about a courts facility. This is one of the primary roles of county government for $30 million. And it's, it's not going to get any cheaper than that. And the, the, the word 
gets thrown around, you know, extravagant. I've, I've heard, a, I think uh, somebody came to the quorum court meeting and said, this is an extravagant building. Uh, Ms. Anglin, do you feel that way? Do you, uh, do you think it's, uh, uh, as, uh, you know, is there any possibility that people would view it as extravagant? In looking at the drawings and the discussions we've had, I, I feel like it's, it's going to be a very nice building, but very functional and very efficient. Um, you may have to uh, have a little bit better grade of a material when you're, we're talking about trying to last for a longer period of time. But in looking at the outside rendering even, I was very pleased that it didn't look extravagant or like it didn't fit with our other buildings. I was very happy. I was thinking as Judge Mooring was talking, I was reading back into the Dewberry study that was, I believe it was either in 14 or 15, it said if we didn't build the building now, we would be looking at a $1.3 million increase in building costs for every year that we delay this. And I believe it was a 3.5%, which in my mind, if we keep putting this off, we as the taxpayers are just asking for, for more dollars to be spent. And I, I hope that the voters will really uh, look at the issue and hopefully they can support it. Benton County folks are smart. We've, are, we've been a progressive county for all of my life and I'm a native of the area. And I hope that this will be an issue that we can come together and look at the need and what we have and, and present it. And we're trying to inform people as best we can. And that's why we appreciate y'all talking to us today. Um, and, and a certain amount of a building like this you were talking about the segregation of functions and all. I mean, it, yeah. that just costs a certain amount of money. Sure. Sure. I mean, you. so, again, we heard it time after time after time that, that you really have to separate those three primary users of the building, the public, the judiciary, and the inmates. And we don't have that separation today. And um, it's the right thing to do for the convenience of the public, for security. It's the right thing to do for our court staff. You know, the, the kinds of things that they have to endure, I don't know that everybody's always that appreciative of what our bailiffs put up with, even our custodial staff, what the judges, uh, those are high stress, high impact jobs. And, uh, and to the extent that we can make sure they're segregated and safe is really important. Is there a chance there are people out there, I think there probably is out in the county just saying, well, you've been getting by for you know, a good long while, and what you know, what's the what's the problem? And we have been getting by. And if this doesn't pass in March, we'll continue to get by. You know, I I get asked what's what's the plan B, what's the backup plan? Well, that we continue to hold court the way we are today. We continue to be in outdated facilities, and we continue to expose the public to the elements, and we continue to have three security entrances that we try to cover. I mean, it it it's it. I, We'll continue to hold court. We could we could we get by? I suppose we could get by, uh, but we have a real problem. We have we have both the problems in convenience and security. We have problems with the growth. I mean, the responsible thing for county government to do is address it, um, and so I think we're trying to do that responsibly. The uh, early voting starts on this March fifth, I believe, and continues through the eighth. All right that week and then March 11th uh, right before the election uh, the election day is March 12th uh, between now and then you guys have what a dozen 
mm. public forums uh, spread all over the county. So we have 11 town halls that would be like a official county town halls. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to publicize those. Uh, other JPs are having their own town halls, their own meetings. Um, I'm going to be in probably about 20 other meetings besides that. So, for example, this evening I'm at the Salem Springs Republican Women's Club. I'll be at the uh, Rogers Noon Rotary. Uh, so we're hitting every place that we can to let folks know. Because let me talk for a minute. You might you, you might be going, I might be getting to a point you were going to get to, this idea of a special election. Um, you know, there has been some criticism about this being a special election. And I think because of that, we at the county feel very strongly that we need to do everything we can to get the word out about this, to educa educate people about this, to have more than the normal number of early voting centers open, to have more than the more normal number of, of, of regular voting centers open for special election, uh, to have the Monday before the Tuesday of the election open for early voting. So we're trying to do everything we can to facilitate uh, people becoming informed and also voting on it be because the trade-off is the reason why we're doing this on a special election is if you back up to last year's general election and you look at the issues that potentially were going to be on the ballot when we were considering where this was going to be, tort reform, millions of dollars spent on each side of that issue, uh, the casino issue, millions of dollars spent on each side of that issue, minimum wage, millions of dollars spent on each side of that issue. I think there was term limits. I'm not sure how much was spent there, but that was a big one. And I'm even missing one. There were five pretty big issues, not to mention a governor's race and all the other races. Well, this is a very grassroots, uh, you know, almost a small town kind of issue. And we wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity to make the case to the public and to let the public make their case to us. And that's why we went with a special election. Uh, we have been very transparent on this issue. This, has, this, this shouldn't have snuck up on anybody. Been talking about this for years and years and years. Which that's that's the usual knock on special elections yeah. is that it's somehow the government officials trying to, you know, kind of uh, manipulate the system to make sure that people opposing it, you know, don't come out and people who support it do. So uh, well, that that that, uh, that I I think there's not a general or a special election that I've ever covered that uh, I didn't hear that in some form. Right, and, and I think. You know, we're susceptible to that criticism. I, I get that. But um, if we had put this on the general election ballot and I had tried to have 11 town halls last October uh, in the midst of all of that that was going on, I, I think this would have been completely washed over. I don't think anybody would have paid any attention to this. I think there was such a saturation point, and I think the quorum court thought that too, that at least now we'll be out in the public. We can have this issue stand on its own, on its own merits, and let people decide. Beyond the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, which obviously is a great source for information, <laughs> um, where would people uh, need to go if they wanted to find more information on their own time? So if you go out to the uh, Benton County website, uh, we are going to have buttons, you know, places you can click there to go through and see the latest town hall information, to see the latest information on where to go to vote and the times for that. We'll have uh, diagrams of the building out there. Um, in addition to all of these uh, other places that we're going, Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis, um, you know, I think between myself and members of the Corn Court, we're happy to go to any group or club that's out there that would like to hear more about this. I think we could definitely find some people to come and, and present the information. Um, and so that's, that's really what we're, we're doing. That's what we're spending as much time as we can doing. Okay. 
Rusty, anything else? No, I think we've covered the covered the waterfront. Anything we haven't covered that you want to make sure our listeners hear? No. I think it's important that people look into this issue, hear all the sides, and go vote, um, and understand that um, this really is one of the fundamental responsibilities we have in county government. It, it really is. It may not be the sexiest one, but it is a fundamental responsibility and the challenge, again, is we're asking people to, uh, to pay for a building that most folks don't want to go to. But it is, it is something that is vital for this community to do. Thank you very much, Judge and Ms. Thank Anglin. You. We appreciate you guys coming in today. And uh, just uh, stay tuned out there. We will uh, have more editions of Speaking of Arkansas coming up. Thanks for joining us.